During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him. Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to, to Neapolis. From there, we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptised, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, and then from verse, then from uh, chapter 22 through to verse 5. And in the Spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. 
On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore. But the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. The third reading this morning is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. The healing at the pool. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Do you want to be healed? Do you? want to be healed. This morning, I'd like us to reflect on the words of Jesus Christ to the paralytic man by the pool of Beth Zatha. Do you want to be healed? And I'm saying this based on our readings. The Revelation reading talks about God's desire to transform things. In the last days, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. In the last days, we are given a glimpse of what will happen in God's new creation, where the streets are paved with gold, where there's no need for light because God himself 
will be the light of all people, where the city of God will be opened 24-7, where the city welcomes everyone, regardless of where you have come from, who you are, your status in life, everyone is welcome. And we are told by the river of life, the trees that stands on both sides of the river yield its fruit every month. And the leaves of those trees are for the healing of the nations. So it's not just the human persons that are going to be healed or transformed by God, but God intends to transform everything. Everything. And then in our, our first reading, the Acts reading, we hear of a man from Macedonia calling on Paul and his friends to come to Macedonia and help them. Remember, Jesus told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they received the Holy Spirit. And when they receive the Spirit, they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. And being faithful and true to this, the disciples have started going out. And on one such occasion when Paul and his friends were going out to visit churches, he got an invitation in a dream of a man who was calling them to come to Macedonia and help them. We are told this is the first time the gospel uh, came to Europe. This man has heard about the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a church in Macedonia. But they didn't know how to build that church. They didn't know how to teach the people. They didn't have enough information. So they went out to seek for help. Come to Macedonia and help us. Indeed, when Paul and his friends went there, we are also told that they went to a place where they expect people to gather and worship. And at that place, one of the people who listened to them was a rich woman, Lydia, a woman who deals in purple clothes. And what I want to pick on here is that the Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened her heart. So God is going to do something new. God is, going, is bringing transformation to his people and his world. And to be part of that, you need an opened heart. You need a receptive mind. You need a heart that is prepared to welcome, to accommodate, a heart and a mind that is willing to receive. For the Macedonians, they went out. They were not just prepared to receive. They were actually desperate for it. Come, come and help us. And when Lydia 
had heard the news and the Lord had opened her heart and her mind and she has received the message, she turns to the people and says, if you have found me faithful, come and stay with me. Come. But then the story takes a different dimension in the gospel reading. And that is where I want us to uh, reflect on a bit more. In Jerusalem at the Sheep Gate, but I love going to Israel for the last eight years, every year I go. And one of the places that I like going is this place that we are talking about in the scripture, the Pool of Bethesda. There's no water in it at the moment. Part of the, the, the pool is broken, but they have a very, very, very beautiful, lovely church by the pool with heavenly acoustics. Look, you may have the worst voice like me when you sing in that temple, when you sing in that chapel, it comes out beautifully, wonderful. So I like, I like going there to sing because it makes me feel that I have a good voice. So, at this pool of Bethesda, there is a story told that once in a while, an angel comes to ruffle the water. And when that happens, Anybody who goes into the water first is healed. So you can imagine the number of people that will be taken there. People will carry their sick people to the pool or by the pool, waiting for an angel to come and ruffle the water so they can go in. Maybe some family will sit by and wait. So as soon as the angel ruffles the water, they carry their patient into the water first so the patient will be healed. But this man that we are talking about in this story may not have been that fortunate. So for 38 years, he laid by the pool waiting to be ruffled or waiting for somebody to take him into the water that he may be healed. And for 38 years, he had no one to help him. And he couldn't do it himself. If by, this, by the time the man was taken there, his wife had delivered, that baby would have been a man by now. So 38 years was a long, long time. Jesus comes along and sees this man and maybe he had a conversation with him or he inquired from other people and he learned that the man had been there for a long time, 38 years. Well, if what we read from the Gospels is true and that Jesus died at 33, then the man had been there long before Jesus was born. So you see, Jesus comes to this man and asks 
the question. Do you want to be healed? For I have often thought, why did Jesus ask this question? Why did Jesus ask this question? Because if he had asked this question in my village in Ghana, where I'm not saying fishermen are not uh, very uh, gentle, but the fishermen in my village are not. Because they the, if the man happened to be a fisherman from my village as I know them, that question would have demanded an insult from the, the, the sick man. Because my people tend to answer questions with questions. So if Jesus had asked this man from my village, do you want to be healed? The answer is, what would I be doing here if I don't want to be healed? That is the gentle gentle part of the question. But somebody else will say, are you out of your mind? Why would I be lying here if I don't want to be healed? So every time I read this story, I wonder, what was the reason for Jesus' asking, do you want to be healed? You see this man lying by the pool, knowing that at a certain point, the pool gets ruffled and people rush into it that they may be healed. And this man has been there for 38 years. And you come along and say, do you want to be healed? But maybe Jesus had a reason. He had a reason. One, he didn't want to do anything against the man's will. Even though the man was lying there, he's been there for 38 years, does he really want to be healed? And this question, I will ask it three ways. One, to the man. Two, to the Pharisees and the people around. Three, to St. Peter's. So let's start with the man. Does he really want to be healed? Note this. When Jesus asked the question, do you want to be healed? the man could have given a simple answer. Yes, sir, please heal me, son of David, have mercy on me, like blind Bartimaeus did. But what did the man do? You don't know how much I've suffered in this place. For 38 years, I've been lying here. Anytime I try to go into the water, somebody else, it's not my fault that I'm here for 38 years, it's always the other person. It's somebody's fault, not my fault. I want to go in but I never get the opportunity to go because people are so selfish, people are so greedy, people are so unsympathetic, they never allow me to go in. I am always here. It's not my fault. I can't be blamed. I'm enjoying my lying here because lying here, people passing by will throw coins into a bowl right in front of me. I don't have to work. I get my daily living. Why would I want healing? Does a man really want to be healed? Maybe he did. He wanted to be healed. But it didn't show. Do you want to be healed? Because your healing will change your situation. Your healing, the healing will change your circumstances. You will no longer be lying here and taking arms from people. You have to go out there and work. Are you ready for that?
Are you ready to leave this place, to leave your comfort zone? Are you ready to take your mat and walk? For 38 years, this man has been lying. I mean, I can imagine how stiff his legs would have been. Are you ready to suffer the pain and aches? Because having suffered stiff, stiff limbs for 38 years, you just can't jump and start, you, you just can't rise and start jumping and dancing. You may have to start like this. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Think about it. But Jesus was not going to wait for the man's answer. He told him, take your mat and walk. This is what I meant when I said, are you ready? This is what it means to get healing, to be responsible for yourself. From now on, no one is going to be responsible for you. From now on, you will have to fend for yourself. From now on, people are no longer going to throw coins or bread or something for you. From now on, you will have to go and do it yourself. Are you ready? Let's now turn to the, the second group of people, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people around. For years, they've been crying, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly Until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee. For years, the people of Israel were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. They were expecting the deliverer. Were they ready for them? At a point, they sent to him, are you the Messiah or we should wait for someone else? And yet, at the pool of Bethesda, when the paralytic man was healed, what was their reaction? How dare you heal on a Sabbath? This is an abomination. This is not the way we do things here. You can't do things here. You can't disturb the status quo. Are we ready for a change? Are we ready for transformation? Are we ready for healing? Are we ready to do things differently? If you read the passage, if you continue with the reading of that passage, John 5, the people went to this man who had been healed. Why are you carrying your mat on a Sabbath? You can't do that. Who instructed you to do that? Well, the man couldn't even know who Jesus is. Of course, he was lying by, lying by the pool when Jesus was born. 
All that was going on, he didn't know anything. So he couldn't identify Jesus. Oh, a certain man healed me. And later when the man found Jesus, he went and told the people, this is the man who healed me. And instead of rejoicing at the healing of a broken man, instead of rejoicing at the restoration of a paralytic man, they were interested in why he worked on a Sabbath. Were they ready? Did they really want the Messiah to come? Were they actually looking for him? Or they were okay. Their mouths spoke one thing. Their hearts and their minds did something else. Now, St. Peter's, are we ready to be healed? Are we ready to be transformed? Are we ready to take our church to the next level? If we are, are we going to behave like the church in Macedonia? Come and help us. And when you invite somebody to come and help you, it means you are willing, you are ready to cooperate with that person. You are willing, you are ready to, to, to work with that person to bring the change. Are we ready? Are we going to behave like the Macedonians? Are we going to behave like Lydia, the lady whom God opened her heart to receive the gospel to the extent that she was willing to invite them home, to come, invite them to come and be with her. Cooperation, cooperation, unity in diversity, working together. Are we ready? Do we want to behave like the Macedonians or Lydia? Or better still, do we want to behave like the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Who will ignore all the good that Jesus had done for this man and only concentrate on Jesus' breaking of the law? Why do you work on Sabbath? I pray that the Lord will touch all of us. The Lord will open our minds. That the Lord will give us, give us an expectant heart. A heart that seeks to invite in to come and help us. Come and work with us. Come. We are ready for a change. We are ready for a transformation. The world is changing. And if we don't change we will go extinct. I did a bit of uh, uh, archaeology at the university, and of all the things that I learned, only one thing, I, I only remember one thing, where my archaeology lecturer said, we don't actually die, we, sometimes we die before we die. When we fail to uh, adjust, when we fail to, to compete, then we are left behind. So we go extinct. Uh, I don't know if I've even quoted my lecturer well. Uh, may he forgive me for 
not paying attention in class uh, because it was one of the first subjects I wanted to drop uh, by my second year. So I didn't really benefit a lot from it. But uh, one thing that fascinated me was the fact that we could go extinct even before we die. Uh, I pray that we will not go extinct, but we will grow. We will grow because we want help. And because we want help, we are prepared to open up. We are prepared to let people in to come and help us. To the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we sing our next hymn, please sit, don't stand, because the next hymn will be part of our prayer. And then, whilst we're singing, you'll come up and then lead us in prayers of intercession. So we remain seated but, and, and sing our next hymn. I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest.